0: Today, we welcome Mitch Armstrong to PropTech Insider. Mitch is the Chief Commercial Officer at Kane Burton. He has a wealth of knowledge around property and has previously been the sales director at Domain. On today's episode, Mitch will provide some advice on how digital can succeed in the marketplace. Well, Mitch, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Angus. Thanks for having me. Mitch, it's going to be quite an interesting conversation today, given that you've moved out of Domain and into the world of real estate, and you're actually people that were your customer, now you're the customer of Domain. And, and you've made this transition out of a, a digital and a technology-led company into the world of real estate. So we want to have a conversation today around how are you seeing the perception of the Cain Burton brand? It's a long-standing premium brand in market. How are you thinking about it for the future? And how are you going to deliver even better outcomes for your clients?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the reasons I made the transition to K and Burton is because of that brand that you referred to. You know, it's a it's a brand that's been around for for 80 years, you know, and it's formed some relationships that, you know, some of our agents have had relationships with their clients for for 40 and 50 years, having bought for both the parents, the the children of the parents and also the grandchildren. So, you know, it's it's amazing of where and how far Kay and Burton has progressed over the years. And I'm hoping to to support that next phase of journey. You know, what does evolution look like? What does progression look like to accommodate the new digital world? Um, but again, respecting what our business is, and that's primarily forming and, and developing great and wonderful, long standing relationships.
0: Yeah, and I think K. Burton's almost in a league of its own there in terms of the relationships and the the brand that it holds, not only in Melbourne but a lot of people know it across all of Australia. How are you thinking about? alignment in terms of how you to sell premium properties into the future. you get got to leverage social media to reach a global network. I know that some of your agents actually look for buyers globally when at the top tier as opposed to locally just around the corner. So how are you putting an emphasis on the brand and how it plays a role within social media and, and actually the activation of selling property via that channel?
1: Yeah. And look, that's a wonderful question, Angus, because I think we've invested nearly $30 million in our overseas database over the years. You know, it's been an investment, got long-standing 20, 30 years of travel on a on a five, six, seven times a year basis, I- investing in those relationships. So yes, for our premium properties, every single property is is sent through and, and positioned well in our overseas market. So to support that, we're we're obviously highly engaged in social media. We've got an audience of nearly 30,000 on Instagram alone. Um, and in terms of ranking with our competitive set, we're number one for engagement. So we're we're heavily invested in the in the digital side of things and the social media side of things. We've got a dedicated international marketing team, which can actually access behind the firewall for those affluent buyers in different markets around the world. But we know sometimes social media can hit a hit a brick wall, uh, which you know is one of those things that you've got to invest in. It's not you can't just throw out normal social media channels and expect to have a have a strike rate from international and overseas buyers. And also our our expat community, you know, there's a lot of expat community. Based across the the different seaboard's and and you know whether it's US New York or whether it's London or whether it's the, the Asian expats returning, we know that COVID has rocked a few worlds. They know what it's been close with family and time, and we know that they're they're heavily looking to re, to return back to Australia and back to Melbourne and Sydney, where we're prevalent and we have obviously access to some amazing and a beautiful lifestyle and, and luxury properties.
0: That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that that you are actually looking at putting an emphasis on those global markets and having a separate database, which makes complete sense. I mean, you guys are really innovating and changing the way that you're thinking and probably somewhat ahead of a lot of the other industry-led players in the space. How are you setting yourself up and thinking about technology inside of your business and relating that back to the people to set them up for success for the future as well.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think it's a it's a great question on what what is actually technology. I think technology and innovation is a mindset. It's being open to change. And you know, you've had a number of podcast members on who have discussed, you know, what this industry is and and where it's come from, where it's going to and and yes, it's probably behind some other industries in terms of innovation and in terms of progression. But I think it's going to catch up quite quickly. But progression is a mindset that needs to be about how do we improve what we're doing to Build those relationships more deeply, make the, the seamless process of, of selling a home. You know, if you, if you look at what is selling a home and moving a home, it actually ranks in the top five most stressful events of a life. I think a death of a family member is number two, and I think moving a house and selling a house is number four. So it's such a, an enormous and significant part of people's lives. How do we make that as simple as possible? And I think that's where innovation, that's where technology, that's where that mindset shift of how do we facilitate property seamlessly and, and, to make it so simple for our clients is really where we're heading with our, with our mindset.
0: What I got out of that is technology will never replace a real estate agent. They're always going to play a role in the transaction. And I think you see that probably more so in the markets that you operate in because it is, as you said, it's generational. You've sold to not only the son, the grandfather, and the father of that transaction. So it's been around the Camberton business for over 40, 50 years. As you said, you've been going for 80 years, which is an amazing testament to the brand to be able to continue to go from strength to strength. Mm. What are some of the tools that you're finding most useful inside of your business?
1: Angus, I think the tools we're finding most effective in our business are the ones that decomplex the situation. It allows us to operate with greater speed, efficiency, and tailorization. So, you know, there's no probably one product. It's, it's how the products integrate. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's mm. absolutely fundamental because there's so many wonderful and great products out there that don't integrate, that don't solve problems, actually create more problems than what they actually solve if you look at them in isolation. So for us, it's looking at the journey from start to finish and looking at all those usual ones from authorizations and contracts all the way through processing of marketing and payment of marketing through VPA. I think it's ensuring that our, our flow, our system is as efficient and time efficient as possible. I think the second part of that question is also asking of our agents what they're great at and not asking our agents to do things that other A, they don't enjoy or B, they're not great at. You know, we've got a, a, a clientele, and, and for me, our agents are our clients as well. How do we make them exceptionally happy in their role? We've got a customer set who is wonderful with people, wonderful with understanding and and solving problems. But generally speaking, taking that same mindset and moving into complex compliance work, paperwork, detailed analysis, detailed or complex product use is actually not really a a lovely marriage. Sometimes it's very hard to expect so much of our agents, which we do nowadays. So it's actually trying to decomplex that situation, allowing the agents to focus on more what they're great at and more what they enjoy and and take away the burden of of things that either they're not good at or frankly they don't enjoy.
0: And I'm interested to ask you, Mitch, because you, as I said at the beginning, you made the transition out of a technology business, which was domain into the world of actually, instead of selling to a real estate agent, being on the other side of the table, obviously in the the CCO position, though. When you first came into the business, how did you, you've obviously got a really good wealth of knowledge of what is prop tech, what's out there, what's national and what's actually working, what's not working. How did you first assess what you're going to look to put into that business? And you talked about that ecosystem as opposed to just one particular tool that's got to be the silver bullet, the 10X's came Burton. How did you start to think about the fundamentals? And then the second question to that would be, how are you thinking about implementing change inside of the business as well?
1: So to start off, it was all about the people, is understanding their role and responsibility. You know, I've worked in, in three different verticals now across not-for-profit and, and highly commercial businesses. Um, I was in the healthcare and pharmaceutical sector for a lot of years. But what hasn't changed is the sales environment. You know, the sales agent, whichever industry has a, has a role to play, and you just insert a new product here. And whether that product in in this instance is, is real estate. But understanding the role of the agent to then understand what are we actually trying to solve? You know, what are the current uh, pain points for the agent that we, can be solved or resolved with technology and the integration of technology with their world? So I think for me, Gus, the first three or four months was actually just understanding the why. You know, everyone starts off with a ninety-day with plan of of assessing a new business, what's working, what's not, having some quick wins. But it was important to understand where we're up to, or where we are up to, and how do we get there? To understand a what is the pain points we're trying to solve, and then prioritizing those pain points moving forward.
0: So, Mitch, we we touched a bit on the global markets and how you've actually got a designated database for finding those buyers overseas. But as we know, Cain Burton's been around for 80 years, Continue to evolve, and, and you guys have done a fantastic job of cementing yourself in, mar- in market as a market leader and a premium brand. How has that evolved? And I know that you guys are starting to put a bit of work into micro markets. Give us a little bit more insight into how you're going about that.
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of parts to that question, Angus. Obviously, we're, we've got a, a very strong presence in the peninsula as well as metro in the premium markets of metro. And so, to support that, probably from an operational point of view, we have separate market managers for both Peninsula and for Metro because there is unique needs. But coming back to the broader conversation of of micro markets, and it's a fascinating question because when I was at the domain side of things, and someone would say, you know, how's the market performing in Victoria? The question is so broad. You know, literally we could sit down together and write probably 80 submarkets in Victoria if you're talking about the the suburb, the price point, the house type, the house category, you know, whether it's upsizing or downsizing, there's so many submarkets in in Melbourne and they're all performing at a different rate. You know, if you if you can find a family home in in Hawthorne or Elwood right now where it's four bedroom and completely neat and clean and ready to go, we could sell 50 of them tomorrow, right? Like there's there's definitely high demand still. But when you average out the market, as you would say, you get average of, of house transactions and an apartment transaction, clearance rates, right? But it's actually the devil in the detail. So we're taking that a step further in how we transact and the property type we're looking at in those micro markets, which means our agents need to be local market expertise. So every single property that's listed or sold within a a, a local market area is, is crucial. But not only the sale price, but also the the campaign, how the campaign progressed, what was the original advertised price versus sale price? What was uh, the number of buyers on it. Where, where do we follow those buyers and push them through to other properties that makes perfect commercial sense? So, you know, understanding the micro markets is so crucial, and the requirements on our agents these days for micro markets has changed exponentially. Like we talk about the the market evolving, but if you look at vendors now and the the number, or, or should I say, the detail that vendors have in preparation for selling their home, they're as qualified as every single real estate agent was probably two or three years ago. Yep. The amount of data on domain or REA or any of the old portals now, the insights, the local area expertise, these vendors we're, we're talking to nowadays are highly engaged, they're highly motivated, and they're, they're, they're acutely aware of what they think their property should be worth, which means that no longer just having that knowledge at an agent level is seemed acceptable. We've got to go now deeper, far deeper into, into insights, and I mean true insights, not just data, knowledge, but true insights about market and, and campaigns and how best to sell their property to meet the current market needs.
0: And that's where that tailorization really comes
1: into play for you guys. Absolutely crucial. Absolutely crucial.
0: Well, to close, we always ask two questions for everyone who comes on the PropTech Insider. Let's jump into the first one, which is how do you
1: define success? Angus, for me, I think success is defined as progression, both in mindset and activity. I think that you know, um, success is a as a continuum. Uh, there's no destination to define what success is, whichever way you look at it, whether it's personal or professional in work environment. You know, and I, if we come back to a work environment, the, the industry is changing. We just touched on the fact that our vendors have so much information now and so our agents have to be so much more qualified to have great tangible uh, conversations to to demonstrate their unique value proposition, to differentiate them from other competitors who may be pitching for the same business. And so it's so important that we invest heavily in, in the progression across business, mindset, systems, processes, and also the training of our agents. So to give you a quick example, we have a, a high number of high-performing agents K and Burton, And to ensure that they are abreast of, of latest techniques in negotiation, we've just enrolled our top performers in a Harvard business course, um, Mastering of, of Negotiations, purely so they can understand what is the next level of customer service. And service offering, so we can ensure the very best outcomes for our our vendors, because we know that whilst price is important for a vendor to achieve after a sale of a home, it's actually how they feel during the process, and that's where the service, the technology, all those things get wrapped up seamlessly behind the behind the back end to making sure that the vendors have the very best experience. Because we know that peer to peer influence, i.e., a happy vendor telling their their friend or neighbour that they used Kay and Burton had an exceptional outcome, that's what we're trying to create that environment. Awesome.
0: And um, the last one is, what's one thing that you got to start, stop and continue this year?
1: From a work front, I think start investing more heavily in our team's happiness, health and well-being. You know, from as I said, we we have a high proportion of high-performing agents at Kay and Burton. So scripts and dialogues, that, that entry-level agent training is not what our agents need to take them on that career progression, that, that development to the next stage. For me, it's ensuring that they are happy and healthy in their life and and in their work-life balance and ensuring that when they come to work, they're motivated, they're driven. We find those intrinsic motivators, we support and we nurture those to ensuring they're happy. Uh, Stop. Uh, Hopefully, you can see from, from this activity, you know, we don't have too many legacy processes or systems or otherwise that we need to stop, but ultimately, have a look at everything. And ensuring that if there's anything that's holding back the business materially progressing forward to deliver that exceptional customer experience, let's stop that. There's a lot of legacy that happens over 80 years, some of it tremendously wonderful and useful, and some of it just by habit. You know, it's just been sitting there. So, so having a look at all systems and processes that are not materially shifting forward and making sure we're laser focused on allowing our agents to do the best they can to continue. Uh, look, I think to try and embrace change and evolution in the business. You know, we've got to take what is a beautiful and stunning brand that's been developed for so many years and help evolve and create what that next eight years looks like for Kay and Burton. So, so the mindset of evolution, both from operational level and agent level, and also the expectations or, or considering the expectations of our vendors, wrapping that all up in a seamless experience that our vendors and buyers will never see and ensuring that our customer experience is constantly evolving and improving.
0: Well, Mitch, um, a great conversation today. We really appreciate you coming on and giving some insight around knowing where you've been in terms of different industries and transitioning into the world of real estate. And and thank you so much for coming on. So cheers. Thanks for having me, Angus. Thanks for listening to the episode of PropTech Insider. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you want to learn more about our implementing tech into your workflow, visit agentsolutions.com.au.